Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with the Transform Sales Podcast. I got my guest, Dennis O'Hagan from the Rainmakers. Dennis, what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. All good. How Dennis, you so I remember, I think, I think your introduction came from Justin Michaels, right? Yeah, right. I remember, I think we were introduced and I think it was like within 45 minutes that we had an opportunity for you guys with a, with an agency that was in uh, Sweden or something like Sweden. I think you guys are based in Germany. Exactly. So yeah, it was literally, I think 45 minutes and you um, shot over that, uh, that deal. But anyway, that did not work out, but what worked out that you uh, got me an amazing uh, sales rep. So he's working for us right now yes. and doing an amazing job. You're working with our, with our sales, higher sales freelancer program. That's amazing. I'm happy to hear that. Yes. I'm excited. Well, the good news is that we have to give you 10 deals. And if we close at a 50% rate, that means that we matched correctly. So they, they were matched correctly though. Now I remember that once that was, that was actually pretty much the 80% they were going to go with you guys. So I think that was a good first one, uh, first one introduction, but that's, you know, for me, it was great because I had a company that was regional, right? in your area and I didn't have an agency um, in the area. So it was nice to see how like just networking, Justin Michaels could make an introduction and two minutes later, you know, um, I'm safe to say that they probably should have went with your agency, right? So we don't know yet if they made the right choice because it all comes out to the performance, but I appreciate you being on the show. Um, love to, if you could tell everybody who's listening, just, you know, who you are, some of your background and, and how you got into the, the sales outsourcing or the sales B2B lead gen industry. Love to hear that story. Yeah, sure. So my name is Dennis O'Hagan. Thanks again, uh, Amir, for having me on this show. You guys with CloudTask are doing an absolute amazing job. I was waiting for an agency, a company that does exactly this, what you guys are doing. So um, again, thank you. Dennis O'Hagan from Germany. I'm the CEO and founder of uh, the, the Rainmakers in uh, Germany. And I've been in uh, sales now for roughly 20 years. That means nothing. You can have one year repeated 20 How times. You've been in sales for 20 years when you look like you're 33. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Almost, almost 30 now. And I uh, jumped into sales um, head first when I was very, very young. So I started with sales. I was uh, self-employed as an insur in the insurance um, space. So I had, um, well, I'll give you a quick story about this. So I started um, in the insurance space. I was self-employed. And uh, I was meeting individuals that had a normal job in daytime and at nighttime, I could sell insurances to them. So I wasn't making yeah. enough money. Um, so at daytime, I was then going, I was working in the call center, appointment setting, selling uh, life insurance, death insurance on the phone. And that is how I got into sales and then um, never stopped since I could not uh, stop um, selling. I could not stop helping companies grow, making more money and uh, reducing costs. So. But yeah, I experienced. I, 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 love, I love that story because it's basically like uh, I interpret you just being a winner and not working your butt off and hustling, right? We say getting into sales is like, at the end of the day, it's almost synonymous with like getting into high paying jobs that give you a career to be anything, really, right? Uh, yeah. People forget about that. Yeah. Um, so you had a day job and a night job. Day job and a night job, and then eventually it worked out. So it started picking up, and I started making money and started. Uh, expanding my my role and had uh, uh, a larger region in sales and I was I was I'm in sales as I said for for 20 years and what I experienced uh, within many companies is um, that they have an amazing product that solves a need that uh, solves problems and um, and adds value 
They have a management that want to conquer the world. They have um, a staff that are highly motivated. But, that's a big but, they um, are lacking meetings. They are lacking qualified meetings. So their sales rep don't have enough opportunity to sell their products and services. So that's what I experienced. And uh, then I said, okay, there's a huge problem here with all those amazing companies. But for us, being an expert in that space, it seems simple. Yeah. You get on the phone, yeah. you've got a script on those script, however you think it's good. You call a company, introduce yourself, create interest, go there and sell. For us, it's super simple. But for most of the companies, it's not simple at all. So I said, okay, I want to be self-employed doing that. What I know that works and I can see that need in the marketplace. Yeah, so yeah. then I started the Rainmakers and I started the Rainmakers um, solely delivering qualified meetings to my um, uh, clients. I pretty fast then found out that that's not enough. We need to be closer to our clients. If we just deliver the meetings, we have another problem. How do they conduct the meeting? No, How do they enter the meeting? Yeah. How do they follow up? No idea. So at the end of the day, the partnership will probably be not long term because they're not successful. So adding yeah. to this um, qualified meetings, we then said we need to know the market first a lot better. We do mystery shopping. So we find out the top two, three competitors. How do they work? Yeah. What information do they send out? How do they um, um, uh, handle um, we do mystery shopping. I have to write that down because we lost the opportunity because the buyer wanted the agency to do mystery shopping, which was not common for the agency at the time. And we, that, that, they didn't go with them because of the mystery shopping. So I'm going to write that down. Mystery shopping. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because, first of all, you find out a lot more about the industry. So you are well prepared when starting that relationship. On the other hand, uh, your client or our client then finds out a lot about the competition. So every CEO always asks himself, okay, I'm wondering how does my competition figure out or how do they handle this and that problem? So yeah. with that, you, you send them a little report. You find out a lot about the industry. They find out, out a lot about the competition. Then you arrange qualified meetings. And then, and that is what separates us just because we believe it works. We also join the meetings because it's a different thing. Very often, inbound or companies that solely rely on inbound marketing come to us and they see, oh, look, inbound marketing too slow. We don't get enough leads. Now we think outbound marketing is the right way for us to go. So they are now used to handling inbound leads. Totally different. Than Much different. Outbound. That were yeah. generated. Try, try calling clients in outbound. You beg them for a meeting and then you're like, oh, by the way, do you have budget authority time I need? Very different from somebody coming inbound. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a yeah. make and break point here. So how do they handle leads that were generated via outbound? That's what we are doing, right? So you need a different um, entry into the conversation. You need to know how to handle those leads. So that's why we attend those meetings. First of all, to see where can we improve our service. We are not perfect from the first day on. Of course not, but very, very fast. And then we want to see where can our client improve. Yeah. So based on that, we yeah. also offer training and coaching. Yeah. Well, then it's in services like outbound sales, right? Marketing, anything like there's always going to be an ROI, an ROS, return on, on, on sales, right? So if you look at a conversion rate, if you look at a $100,000 product and a conversion rate of 10% versus 20%, you're talking about 100K of revenue that's missing. That 100K is often more than what a program costs. So it makes a lot of sense to know what's going on on the sales calls because 
if something is done unexecuted poorly on a sales call and that conversion doesn't happen and 100K of revenue is not on the books, who are they going to look at, right? They're going to look at the beginning, right? But they, and they're very, it's very hard sometimes for people to look in the mirror. But, but we know that Gong.io is crushing it, multi-billion dollar company, Chorus, Exact Vision. So we know, we know that it's a whole billion dollar business telling people to watch their meetings, right? Yeah. It's a whole billion dollar business for sales coaches, but sometimes when it comes to outsourced sales companies, it's as if these billion dollar industries don't exist. And your meeting not qualified. Well, what about your rep who, who got on the phone late, rubbed the guy off the wrong way, you know what I mean? So it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, also, just before we get into some of the questions, when you told me about all the great things companies do and that all the things that they, you know, that, that they struggle with, do you think that a lot of that is just not understanding the fact that an offer of why someone will meet with you is much different than why buying and that leaders just get so focused on their features and buzzwords and their products that they forget to put themselves in first person to be like, well, oftentimes the person reason why someone meets with me is not because of a buzzword, it's because of something different. Do you notice, think that that's a problem where people just have no real experience, education, and invest no time in the, the actual offer of, hey, come on a meeting, learn this, get that, right? What do you think about that? Because they're great companies. They're just, it's like this middle ground where like they, they just don't know the difference between why people meet with them and why people buy from them. Yes. You see that? Yep. Yep, definitely. So there's, there's, there's different way of, of, of ways of finding out. I mean, first of all, when we enter a meeting, we have a short intro in our sales course. Then we ask, what motivates you today, Amir, to spend the next 30 minutes with us? Yeah. Just to, you know, because you want to find out right at the beginning, what are we talking about here? That's that's one way. Also, yeah, like your chances of converting an opportunity. The guy says, well, I, you guys call me so much. You just bother me. I just took a meeting just to, to, to just like, you know, just because you guys call me so much. Well, probably not super qualified. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Versus, versus, you know, you call me a few times, email me. I took a look at your website and I found it interesting, right? We could drive with that. Yes. The I did you a favor. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and and also finding out um, now um, why getting getting the meeting is 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 one thing, and why people buy from you is is the other thing. And then asking also your clients. I mean, and you need the the guts to do that. If we are on a Zoom call right now, I'm trying to sell my service to you, and you say, "Okay, you know what, Dennis? Let's roll." Okay. Why? Why? Why do you think? Why do you think we are the right company for you? What convinced you now? What What yeah. makes you now saying yes? Let's roll. Let's do it. You need to know. You really need to find out what's the why. Why are companies working with you? And that is very often that's something like drilling down. When you, I mean, that's going now into sales and questions and techniques. But really, um, drilling down and asking deeper and deeper questions because the surface is just the surface. It's not more. At the end of the day, uh -huh. it's on the line. 100%. So I, I've been receiving sales calls from a lot of Series B companies, which is funny because if you read a Series B, it actually means you ran out of money. But like these guys have the highest egos ever. They're like, they run out, they burn 100 million on their Series A. They raise Series B at 60 million. And like what I'm finding is that there's a been, there's almost been like this culture of look at me and my amazing technology. Look at me wanting to become a tech billionaire. And like, you're going to buy my product because I'm a tech billionaire and I built a crazy tech and it's like, these people are crazy. I've had a call where somebody was trying to, to, to sell me an opportunity with uh, FinTech as a service. I actually wrote a blog about it last weekend uh, because all he did was show me a deck. This is the CEO. He raised a Series B, 
60 million, you know, um, Princeton guy from a different country. And, and he basically was like, it was like the words were like FinTech, become a bank, like Bitcoin, all these buzzwords. And I, I didn't, it took me, I had to go research after the meeting with this guy to actually understand that it was almost like a bank as a service. And like, all he needed to say was, I mean, we help you make money on your existing customer base. This is the financial model. You get this many people opening a bank account, this many people using a credit card. And then the $10,000 investment is, 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 uh, has a return of 20K and you make money. All he did was talk about buzzwords, that there were the disruptive technology. They raised 60 million because they're billionaire. And I was like, I'm like, man, this is a weird thing because people really are getting almost focused on themselves, right? And not on wide servicing. So it's like, it's interesting you say that because I think yeah. it's happening in, in, in uh, I think people are getting desperate. I think, I think a lot of leaders really thought that they were invincible and unstoppable. And now when the market is getting into restrictive mode, they are finding out that even though you raised $60 million and you spent all of it on your product, you didn't spend anything on product market fit. You spent nothing on marketing. This company I'm talking about, it's funny, they hired an SDR to cold call to sell this $100,000 product to cold people, right? He made, he made a meeting with me because I know him. And now I look at this company and I'm like, you are basically messing yourself over because you're investing nothing into sales and marketing. Anyways, not going to get too deep into that, but that brought up the whole thing. You, you, well, let's talk about I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, and this, yeah. has to, this, this has, this has to um, shift and change. I mean, the market was that amazing all the time so that people still got away with only talking about themselves. And that's what we experience so often. That's why we need to be on the calls of our clients because you cannot enter such a meeting and then start with the presentation. Well, you can, you won't make money. Oh yes, you can, you can do a lot of stuff. I mean, you can sit here without your shirt on and uh, you can, I mean, it always depends how far that will, um, that, how far that will get you because uh, starting with the presentation, how good and how great you are and your, your experience, who cares? I mean, what's in it for me? So it's, not really, yeah. it's faster, cheaper, more efficient. We buy things because they're faster, cheaper, more efficient. And you might as well get right into it, right? Yeah. I'm going to hire, I'm going to hire the rainmakers because it's faster, cheaper, more efficient to have a go to market validation plan. You've done it before. End of story. Boom. Right. Uh, and they should sell the same way, but they're not. Well, so let's start off with those. It was a good rant we had going on. I want to, I want to know about is the buyers that come to you that book meetings with you. What mistakes are they making? That's, well, I want people listening to this that, that have outsourced before and it didn't work out the way they planned or thinking about outsourcing sales or just generally. What are the mistakes they can avoid? Let's let them listen to it so they can hear it from themselves. Okay, this... Um, ah, I know. Prioritize this. <laughs> okay, there's this two things. To avoid, you know, when when your viewers, your, your, your listeners, when they are looking for an outsourcing company, for me, the number one thing is don't believe everything you hear. Honestly, don't believe what you hear. Have the company show you. Really, that's the best advice I can give. Have the company show you that they um, know and what the, what, what they are so, telling you. So don't get fooled by pretty marketing material. Exactly. Don't get fooled by pretty marketing. That's what you're saying, right? Show me, show me the facts. Show me the car facts because yeah, the companies that have the nicest marketing material oftentimes have the worst car facts. It's kind of a weird balance. True. Yeah. True. Okay. Show me. Show me. Uh, who so are buyers you? are coming to you and buyers are making the mistake of not asking to see the real facts, basically? Yeah, and I, want to, I want to see. I want to see. So they should ask me, okay, look, Dennis, uh, we are a manufacturing company. Do you have any manufacturing companies, for example, in your portfolio? Yes. Okay, who is it? 
that and that company. May I call them? May yeah. I call them? How yeah. it? I offer that to our clients all the time. Yeah, call them. You, I mean, be convinced through what our clients are saying. How is yeah. how how is the corporation working out? Did they um, did they really do what they said they will do? How successful is it? How is working? How is it working together with them? Is it easy? Yeah. yeah? So that is the first advice, and for me, the most important advice. How can they prove? Yeah. Do you think that people should do that during the beginning of the sales cycle or after they narrow down to their top three and they're about to pick one? Well, if you if, if you can have a short list, then it makes life more easy. Then they just have to really check three. Yes, that's what I would. What I, what well, I would. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are like hesitant to give case studies because some of their times their their reference calls sometimes their buyers are, are are busy. But like it doesn't make sense, right? Um, but these are the things you should ask for, right? Not not get fooled by you know reviews and things like that that can be faked, um, all that kind of stuff. Yes. What's what's what 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 other what's like the what else comes to mind that buyers are making? Like what's a, besides that? Does anything else come to mind? Yeah. Finding that. And then after deciding, after deciding, um, when you work with a with an outsourcing company that helps you with leads, then really you have to have a follow up process in place. That's something we you cannot just expect. You work now with a, um, a lead gen company; they deliver leads. You really there is work that has to be done afterwards because otherwise there will be huge disappointment. You have a great company that delivers amazing leads to you, companies that are willing to discuss and and pay money. But if you then enter the meeting in the wrong way, it's over before it has already been started. So what I'm saying is have a script, know what you're doing in that meeting, how you start the meeting, how you end the meeting, and then have a follow up process in place. If not, don't waste the time and money. Now, have a structured process first and then go to a lead gen company or ask the lead gen company to support you. What happens after we receive the leads? Because very often... Oh, I'm like 100% too. What you're saying also makes sense because we live in a world where like if somebody knew they had a problem, they need to buy now, they use Google, they use SEO, that might be called inbound, right? They're going to buy quickly. But if we're expected to educate people on their product, right? Like I believe outbound is educating people to become inbound or an SQL right away. If somebody is straight up saying, hey, Dennis, this is awesome. I like this product. I can see how this is faster, cheaper, more efficient, but like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be heads down for six months. And I got to, I got to start this at six months. And then you are, you as the SDR agency are trying to force a meeting because you're getting measured on that meeting. He's not going to buy. It's me annoyed, right? If someone says, "Hey, call me in six months," I'll be interested. And you're like, "Well, well, why don't we just come to the meeting now? Learn now?" He's gonna, you know, these like people have a short. They're like, "No, I gave you a chance. Now you're pushing me," but they're getting pushed because this concept of I need qualified meetings, but you don't. You need to execute your go-to-market plan, your revenue plan, and the reality is, because what I'm listening to you is that the mistake people make is that they don't really fully understand their buyer cycle. And they expect that an outsourced company is going to take a buyer and put them through a cycle faster than humanly possible. And that's just not how it works, right? And, and up to your example, I had a call with a company that wanted to outsource sales again. And I used the word again because they fired their agency. And I asked them a question. I go, why do you want to outsource sales again if you did it before and you failed? And they said, well, it's because... At the time, we didn't get an ROI, but two years later, someone called us from that campaign and bought the, the service, which is a million dollars. So we, we made money on it. They just didn't know. And I felt I like wanted to tell them, I was like, 
well, isn't that the obvious case? Like if you're contacting people, they're, they're opening your emails, they're clicking, they're coming where your product, like we know that people, people might buy, like if you're dehydrated with water, you'll buy water in the moment. If you have something you really like and it's part of, but you have a, you have other things in place, businesses don't work on your timeline, right? So right. do you think that people just really lack, they're like, as a buyer, do you notice that buyers are like very picky, how they buy, how they work, but then as they sell, they want, they almost want you to push people through a sales cycle faster than they would themselves? Well, yeah, you are now touching um, two major, major topics. First of all, I believe if you are a buyer, no matter what you buy, the way you behave, if you're, a, if you're an idiot for every sales call that comes in, you're rude, you're not polite, you're basically an idiot, you just don't communicate the way you would love people communicate with you when you are the seller. So I believe if you make decisions fast as a buyer, if you make them, you think about it, you evaluate, boom, decide and move on. That's what you also attract. That's one thing. You cannot be the seller and expect everyone to make a quick decision to pick up the call, to be halfway polite mm -hmm. and then be an idiot on the other side. That will not work. That's not how it works. It works so if somebody fills out a form but by now and you're calling them back and they really want service. They'd have to tell you, right? Yeah, correct. So that's, that's one part. That's, um, the other part is the sales cycle. Every business has a sales cycle. Now, um, if you work with a lead chain company, then that sales cycle typically will not be shortened just because you work with a lead chain. You have the sales cycle that you have the sales cycle. At the same time, you can shorten your sales cycle if you have a stringent follow-up process in place. What I said before, if you have a lot of touch points in a creative manner, in different communication ways, you are entertaining and, edu and, and educating at the same time, right? you can shorten the sales cycle. That works. But just because you're working with a lead chain company doesn't mean your sales cycle is from 18 months to six no, months. And then you evaluate it. It's the follow-ups of, of, hey, do you want to buy tomorrow? Or can we close this for Q3? Are much different than, hey, here's a, a handbook on the topic we talked about. Let me know if there's anything else I can say that's useful. If you're just sending people follow-ups with value, let me know if I can help, let me know if I help. It's going to come across a lot different because it'll shorten the sales cycle if the content is related, which it should be, yeah. and it has context up in the buy. But saying, hey, do you think we can get this done in Q4 if I give a discount is not going to shorten the sales cycle. And it's not going to yes. bring you a good client, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's not exactly. Do you ever see, what, what do you say to, or do you see that buyers that I would say focus on price? Tell me about that. That's something that's common. It's, I mean, buyers that focus on, on price. I think if you make a decision, it should also be based on price. You should also think about price. It would be crazy to just think, okay, I, I'll pay whatever. But the question always is, um, if, it's, if it's about the price, you have to build the value, especially in our business we can always quantify. And that's what I love about our business. If we have something intangible like insurance, okay, still, you should not only compare price. But now when we are talking about um, a lead gen, I mean, it's very simple. You say, okay, let's like, stick with your example. You have a product or service is 100K. You told me your sales rep have a, a closing rate of 30%. Okay, fair enough. We deliver... 10 qualified meetings per month. Okay, means three deals. Yeah, three deals is 300K. Good. Are we now really discussing 10K for our service? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but look, well, uh, but look, then if I made bad experience in the past, I don't know, I'm not sure. 
Okay, understood. What would what would you do different in the future? Do you do you think that buyers should already? It shouldn't like 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 this is my opinion too. And I, like I think that a buyer should already know his go to market plan and his budget beforehand. It should be planned. It shouldn't be a negotiation. It shouldn't be like what are you charging? What are you charging? What are you charging? It should be like this is my budget to these goals. Convince me that your process will hit these goals under this budget. Do you see people coming with a budget already allocated, with a plan already allocated, or people coming in blind? Very often blind. What percentage of the time? Be honest. 80%. I say it's higher. You're being nice. That's true. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. What percent of people coming blind don't, what percent of people coming blind don't even really fully understand their sales cycle? Have you ever seen somebody want an ROI in six months when they immediately say their sales cycle is nine months? Have you seen that before? Of course, of course, all the time. It's ridiculous. What do you say to someone like that? Huh? What do you say to somebody like that? Yes, it's, it, it's just a question. Okay, why should it now be a six months where you say it's nine months? How? Yeah. What are, what are the answer? Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. The thing, it's, it's, it's crazy that the people we are discussing, I just had a meeting before it's with a, a welding company. They make 300 million per year. Yeah. No proper, the, the sales cycle, the process, the CRMs, the steps, the stages, hardly anything in place. Still got amazing oh, business going on, but it's, um, there is um, very little knowledge in those simple basic metrics and KPIs. Very little. Yeah, and that's our... When they get it right, the huh? investors make money. When they get it wrong, they get fired. So it's like the, the upside. I've seen this before too. I've seen companies that, that... I've seen companies that have had account executives for 15 years. And I try to tell them, I'm like, an account executive position is not designed for 15 years. Like if you're in an AE position for 15 years, you're coasting. I'm yeah. sorry. True. You're coasting. You're not supposed to be there. So True. they got the legacy people... Because it's like a team. They all do mediocrity, so they're all measured in mediocrity, right? They're not going to make more upside, so they do whatever. I've seen this all the time. Um, I mean, that's an opportunity for us to, to help people for sure, which is great. Let's talk about the Rainmakers and what your best customers look like. Let's just say I'm listening to this podcast. Who listening to this would be the best? What are they saying to you on the meeting? Are they a software or a service? What's their ACV? Walk me through that. Walk are, me through the customer that puts a smile on your face and you're like, we are going to crush it. Uh, honestly, we are very strong. We have companies from all different verticals for sure, but the very best clients are marketing companies, marketing agencies. We are exceptional, great. That's what I brought you, accidentally. I Sorry? remember now. I brought you a marketing agency. It, 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 were they were marketing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You knew that's your job. I mean, the SDR, the SDR in my head gets it gets fired off. Keep going. You're the, Sorry, match, you're the matchmaker. So we are very good um, with marketing companies. Can be performance marketing. Can be can be employer branding. Uh, can be design. Can be everything. We are really good with, with marketing companies. The um, average ticket size here, what they are selling, is um, between twenty and uh, forty. Thousand. Um, that's the average ticket side. That's where it makes sense working with us. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's our sweet spots. We identify. And what can they expect, what can they expect from you? Um, well, what they can expect is what I uh, touched um, uh, before is more than just lead gen. We really know the market. We do mystery shopping. We attend the meetings. We've got a sales hotline when they have questions based on when we attend the meetings, the experience and the feedback we get. We um, train their sales reps. That's one package. We train their sales reps. 
to be better with the fact-finding, better with the presentation, negotiation, closing, all that entails to really ensure a long-term relationship. Yeah, and we know the market, the ins and outs. I'm going to be bringing you more, more marketing agencies. That's my, that's, We're ready. That's, that's the, We're ready. That's, that's, that's the plan. So anybody listening here, if they want to find the Rainmakers, if they want to read your content, if they want to connect you with you, where, they can, where can they find you these days? Are you, is it just your website? Are you on social media? Or well, are you, Dennis? Yeah, this, uh, the website is uh, therainmakers.de or my email address is dennis at therainmakers.de or on the phone, just send me a text. It's uh, 0049-152-5200-5200. WhatsApp or text? Huh? WhatsApp or text? WhatsApp or text, yeah, both good. Are you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Um, LinkedIn. We don't everything via LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yes, I love it. I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you on, on on Instagram and Twitter. That's gonna be my goal is get you on the channel by tagging all this good content for you. But this has been awesome. I I, I look for and like for me, I think it's great picking all you know for me finding all the amazing agencies what you guys are doing where you're located. It's a big global market of us out there, right? So for me, I, I've been pumped and I, it's nice knowing that even networking in general brought us together through Justin Michaels, who, who's the man. Um, I hope that we can help a lot of marketing agencies in the next couple of years. And I'm, I'm going to be focusing on that. Let's do it. Everybody who, who chimed in today, thank you for listening to the Transform Sales Podcast. You can find us at cloudcast.com. Find me, Mirror Writer, Instagram, Twitter. Just use my name. I'm on the channel. And we'll continue and get you great content from uh, awesome agency owners like Dennis. Dennis, man, thank you. Thank you, Amir. Thanks a lot for having me. Take care.